1: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
2: It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
3: Well, good evening, my friends. Another week, new month. It is March, of course. Beware of the Ides of March. March tends to be a bit of a volatile month. I'm certainly uh, hoping that it's going to be a bit of a turnaround month Uh, 2022 has not been a lot of fun, I must say. Uh, And the irony is COVID is coming to an end and then new crises emerge from protests in Ottawa to uh, the potential for a global World War III. Um, Thank you, Russia. Uh, Well, the market's uh, punishing Russia nicely. Its stock market down, I don't know, first day of a of, of, of battle, 50%, uh, continued to slide further into the week. Uh, names are being delisted. Companies are voting with their feet. Uh, Apple, uh, I believe Intel, uh, General Electric, they're basically saying we're leaving Russia. We're not going to support Russia. Um, it, it is quite remarkable what's taking place. And I have to say, uh, my friends, uh, it, it, you, you watch media, you, you get into these stories, and certainly, with the weather being a little chilly outside, uh, less inclined to go outside. But uh, you get into these stories, and, and they can really lead you astray in your long-term investment objectives. You can get caught up in the moment for good reason. Um, when when you have to ask beyond yourself how this will play out one of the best places to look is the market. Uh, And I have to say, as challenging as the market has been for the first two months of this year, the market has actually been quite resilient considering all it's up against. The Canadian dollar held in quite well during the uh, Ottawa riots. Uh, The Russian ruble, of course, has been annihilated, uh, a self-inflicted wound there. But the S&P 500, not in bad shape, and the TSX, basically break even on the year. Again, so considering uh, what is taking place in this world, the market is telling us something and it's telling us that I think we're going to be okay. Uh, Ironically, like it, dislike it, the biggest issue remains with the market, not the conflicts here and abroad, but the bond market, uh, interest rates. And so, so far Canadians have raised interest rates. The U.S. Fed uh, will raise interest rates at its next meeting, perhaps raise rates by a quarter percent at, at each subsequent meeting. Uh, so that's sort of the backdrop we're dealing with. Rising interest rates, lots of geopolitical tension, oil well above $100 a barrel. Uh, the earnings season is now behind us. the Canadian banks have reported results. They've been quite good, I must say. So uh, we are getting through this mess. Uh, and we will continue to succeed, and, and good over evil, my friends, uh, capitalism over communism. That's the way it is. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, and we're very fortunate and blessed to, to be here in this beautiful city uh, and in this beautiful country and this beautiful continent uh, and this beautiful planet uh, as well, I must say. Um, I repeat, uh, we don't want to get taken off track. And the name of the game, in building wealth, Jack and I wholeheartedly believe is keep it simple by quality, by businesses, preferably ones that you understand or at least that we, your advisor, understands. And pretty plain vanilla stuff will do just fine over time. Um, Blair Driscoll, uh, he's the director and chief executive officer at Fact Capital. Uh, formerly, he was the founder, his family, uh, of Century Select. Uh, they built that enterprise. Uh, Century Select, by the way, was a mutual fund company based here in Toronto, uh, a a five-star Canadian fund co. uh, Very, very good performance. Uh, Built that business to $20 billion in assets, sold it to CI Mutual Fund. You at home, perhaps myself, would retire. Blair, what a chance. Let's keep going. Why? Because he likes what he does. Uh, He's good at what he does. Uh, But he's taking a bit of a different spin on the world of investing. Uh, trying to, I think, emulate somewhat uh, a Warren Buffett style. Probably not a bad mentor to uh, uh, emulate. Jack certainly would subscribe to that. Uh, so, Blair, I want to thank you very kindly uh, for joining us. I um, haven't spoken to you uh, since uh, you sold your company, although we have had your former chief strategist, uh, Sandy McIntyre, uh, frequently on Hi-Fi Radio, educating Jack and I uh, uh, fluently uh, in, in the history of the markets. Uh, and helping the audience, of course, maintain a steady hand. Uh, so I really appreciate your time today. Uh, please tell us about um, exiting uh, 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 your, your century position, how you felt about building a $20 billion asset management firm, uh, brick by brick, selling it. And then what motivated you to get back onto Bay Street and do it again with a
4: different flair? Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Um so with respect to uh, you know Century, obviously uh, you know that business as you mentioned was was started by my my father John Driscoll. Uh, you know we spent about 25 years building that business and and had a very successful time at that. In terms of why we exited that business, um, you know from our perspective, some of the secular trends that we're facing sort of traditional asset management firms in terms of fee compression and you know, scale was the name of the game, and even though you mentioned 20 billion uh, being large, and in the uh, sort of context of asset managers, that actually isn't that large. And, and scale became more and more important as margins uh, were being compressed. So uh, we made the hard decision, uh, obviously, to, to exit that business uh, and sold to CI. It was a you know good outcome for the family, and uh, you know, obviously, we never uh, like uh, our employees were family there, but. Uh, we had to make a tough decision and and we did that and uh, now we're on to a new venture and uh you know we started a a new company that company is called uh, fax capital corp uh it is a listed investment holding company as you mentioned similar to sort of a a berkshire type approach we have about 200 million of assets Uh, we trade on the tsx out of the ticker FXC. and uh yeah i'm happy to talk about what we do and and uh and uh, sort of what we're all about. Yeah. Also, so
3: at Century Select, um, you you had House Kool Aid, um, and I was, <laughs> I don't want to mock the term, but it is a funny term, passing the Kool Aid around and drinking the corporate Kool Aid. But uh, corporate culture really is built from the bottom up, or top down, or a combination thereof. But you need your staff to buy into whatever it is you are offering to the public for sale. <clears throat> Product or service, it doesn't matter. If your staff buys into it, uh, everyone wins. And at Century Select, you had a very well-defined house style, as Sandy spoke of it. And it basically was buying cash flow, buying businesses that spit out cash and paying for a fair price or even a below market value for that cash if you're uh, have enough foresight to do so. And, and sticking with the position as long as it's generating cash. Because when companies make cash, you, the shareholder, uh, own that cash. That's your cash. And then companies get to decide what to do with it. Pay you a dividend, keep it in the business, reduce debt buy another business, expand there um, and, and, and thereon, all of which is to with the objective of increasing shareholder value and therefore increasing share price, hence increasing your net worth. So uh, to, to share with us, are, are you basically parlaying the same house style? I'm assuming that style uh, was created in your father's kitchen.
4: Yeah, so that that house style you mentioned uh, at Century was sort of a time and uh, you know, tested philosophy. And you know, if you look at Warren Buffett and, and what he has accomplished, I think Berkshire is making you new know, all-time highs. In, in what is a very difficult market uh, continues to attest to the fact that you know that simple strategies you mentioned of buying high-quality companies and cash-flowing businesses, uh, you know, and have a very strong emphasis on quality and management uh, tends to outperform in the long run. So. In terms of what we've done at FACS, so FACS is a, a different approach, but uh, nonetheless has the same sort of core philosophy. But at FACS, we we are more of growth equity investors, so we're focused on investing in both public and private companies, uh, predominantly in the small cap space. Um, you know, so although we have the flexibility to invest uh, across the capital structure in a more flexible manner, so we can own the debt, prefs, convertibles. Uh, we are mainly focused on growth equity, and the reason why I'd highlight that is the differentiation between, I guess, at Century, where we're very, uh, you know, dividend focused, is that when you're a growth equity investor, you know, typically some of the, a lot of the companies you're you're investing in do not pay dividends. Uh, but I would say that the overlay of the approach is always the same, which is high quality businesses, strong, durable competitive advantages. And great management teams that are stewarding that business and stewarding that capital allocation. So we certainly have transposed, uh, you know, our learnings at Century uh, to attack, uh, you know, more of the the growth equity market in in a very similar fashion.
3: Give us some ideas. What what are you finding uh, of good potential investable uh, businesses uh, in the Canadian and U.S. market right here right now?
4: Sure. So uh, you know, one of uh, a great uh, company we own is a company called Hamilton Thorne. Hamilton Thorne trades on the on the venture. It's a Boston-based business. We own about 12.5% of that company. Uh, it has a market cap of about $280 million, no dividend. So what Hamilton Thorne does is they're a manufacturer and distributor of equipment, consumables, and uh, software and services into the in vitro fertilization market. Oh. So from a very high level, uh, the IVF market obviously has very strong secular tailwinds with respect to Obviously, women working longer in the workforce, obesity, and other environmental factors that are impacting uh, ability to conceive. And so it's a very high growth market, growing 10 to 15% organically. This business has an incredible durable uh, advantage and very high switching costs. Uh, And so that is a business uh, that we uh, are are very excited about. We also uh, sit on the board of that company. uh, And so we have board representation. uh, And so we, we certainly have good line of sight on the potential of that
3: business. A 12% position in the company uh, gives you a very good understanding of the business you're investing in. Uh, certainly sitting at the board uh, helps your cause. Uh, that, that That is true investment uh, philosophy. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Blair Driscoll. He's the uh, Director, Chief Executive officer of fax capital uh formerly the founding family uh, of century select uh, a, lo- a lot of wisdom uh, a lot of experience uh here to share with you and I my good friends it's hi-fi radio uh weekly uh, right here on 640 Toronto Jack Hartle partner we're going to check in with him after the break uh, get right back to the show
2: money. let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 Toronto
0: Welcome back to the show about
3: money. Portfolio manager, Wolfgang Klein, partner, also portfolio manager and producer of the show, Mr. Jack Hartle. Jack, uh, you you are a student of Buffett. Um, You and I certainly do enjoy his wisdom, his quotes. Um, Managing uh, the production of this radio show each and every Saturday. Uh, What questions do you want to fire off at Mr. Blair? Uh, Get inside this man's uh, big, deep gray matter so we can learn something. Sure sure thanks will. Uh, well the big elephant in the room right now
1: is obviously the you know Russia and Ukraine. Um, so I would ask Blair like you know managing assets, whether it's you know through century with the house style or with fax capital you know you're buying businesses out there and uh, you're looking for value. How does geopolitics uh, play into you know, your investment thesis and do you guys try and take advantage of it or is it something that you try to ignore and look through as you as you buy these businesses?
4: That's a great, great question, Jack. Um, you know, in terms of the way we've always approached the markets, you know, we're, we're not coming from a top-down approach. We, we really are co- coming from a bottom-up approach. So, to the extent that geopolitics, uh, you know, impact our process, you know, first and foremost, it would be you know, direct impacts on any businesses we own given exposures uh, in certain regions. So, under the current circumstances, you know, clearly, if uh, you know, we have a very little. Uh, if not exposure to to any um, you know real uh, material impacts to our portfolio. but you know we definitely look at the businesses on a bottom- up basis. And to the extent that geopolitics uh, and the events that are unfolding lead to increased volatility in the markets, um given the fact that fax capital, <clears throat> which is differentiated from a fund, we we're, were you know, effectively what would be considered a closed end vehicle. When we have permanent capital, you know, volatility in the markets as a result of issues like we're seeing today. Uh, provide opportunities for us to deploy uh, more capital at more advantageous prices you know, into high-quality businesses that we've you know, spent months and months diligencing uh, with a very uh, you know, keen uh, sort of microscope on, on those businesses. So, um, you know long short of it is we, we are bottom-up, and geopolitics uh, play into our investment thesis you know, really through opportunistic uh, volatility um, and or how they impact our businesses directly. Great.
1: and you're really focused on smaller cap type businesses, smaller um, underappreciated uh, Canadian businesses, I guess North American businesses as well. Um, they they tend to be less impacted overall, I would imagine, by um, you know geopolitics just because they have a, a more North American focus. Um, exactly. what, what sectors are you looking at, and where do you see value? Because when I think of a Canadian small cap manager, I always think of you know um, resource managers, oil and gas. Uh, metals, mining materials, maybe some gold in there. Do you guys see value in that space? Because uh, it's obviously starting to wake up here with the, the increase yeah. in inflation. Or are you looking at, you know, companies that are more secular growth oriented, like you mentioned about, about uh, in vitro fertilization before, which tend to grow despite, you know, the
4: economic growth or type recession slowdowns? Yeah, it's a great question. So in terms of our focus, um, in terms of verticals, we, we are focused on healthcare technology, infrastructure, and real estate services. Uh, In terms of, uh, you mentioned some of the, you know, large sectors here in Canada being more commodity-focused, you know, similar to, uh, as you mentioned, our our house style at our previous Life Century, uh, you know, we tend to avoid companies uh, that uh, we have a very difficult time predicting uh, the future drivers of that business. And with commodity business in general, it's very difficult to forecast with any accuracy the volatility or the direction of those commodities. Now, under the current circumstance, given, obviously, uh, you know, this, this war in the Ukraine and, and Russia and the Ukraine's dominance and, and the supply of some of the world's commodities, we've seen a, a strong acceleration, obviously, in commodity prices. So the way we approach it here at FAX is, is you know, we have indirect exposure to commodity markets. So a great, uh, you know, uh, name to highlight is a company called Information Services Corp trades on uh, here in Toronto, we own about 6% of the company, and that business is a uh, leading provider of registry management in the province of Saskatchewan, and also has a service segment that uh, manages access to registries in the legal and collateral management sectors. And the reason why I highlight it is Saskatchewan, where it's based out of, uh, has a lot of exposure to ag, and the registry business itself uh, is basically a toll road on registering autos or homes. Uh, and effectively, uh, their uh, revenue also varies with uh, real estate prices. And so to the extent that, uh, you know, the wheat markets, et cetera, accelerate, we think it's a great tailwind for the Saskatchewan economy and also a great tailwind for uh, ISV. Um, so that, that's the way we we sort of approach these, uh, these scenarios and, and try to get indirect exposure where we can.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds like you really have a lot of... Underappreciated assets, um, not well-known assets that, like you said, have secular growth trends and uh, strong potential for cash flow. Um, looking at your annual or your report, most recent report, your stock's trading below book value, from what I can see. Um, what do you see in terms of, you know, getting the word out there and making people aware of the fact that the good stuff that you're doing? Because the last number I saw was five plus dollars in book value, and you're trading at, you know, 3.75, 3.65. Uh, in the market right now. So how do you, how do you realize shareholder
4: value for um, the shareholders? Yeah, so it's a great question. So yes, our book value per share as of last quarter was $5.18, uh, you know, this volatility in the market has, has driven down our share price on a relative basis, but we have tended to trade at a, a discount, uh, which has varied anywhere from sort of 10% to 30% of book value and is a bit on the higher side uh, today. In terms of how we can, um, you know, surface value, uh, first and foremost, you know, our structure, uh, we have some mitigants in place. I mean, we're, we're a low-cost vehicle. We don't charge management fees. Uh, and the way we can deliver shareholder value is first and foremost through performance. We've generated 30% unlevered rates of return on our deployed capital since since we launched. Um, you know, one issue that we have is liquidity. Uh, we're a small cap company. Uh, you know, and liquidity is not plentiful. Uh, in our stock and, and so that is something that can uh, impact uh, the discount so you now moving forward we have to continue to put the puck in the net uh, we have to think about ways to generate revenue streams and, and uh, cash flow streams into the company so we uh, you know, own assets directly uh, we own a company called Carson Dunlop uh, here in Toronto it's a uh, known as a home inspection company with a leading market share in the GTA we own 75 percent of the company and own and operate that business Uh, It has wonderful growth opportunities in SaaS-based software and and edtech. So as we continue to expand our platforms, uh, buy businesses directly, uh, we do think there are are lots of opportunity to service value. Yeah, I I would agree. And just my experience here at Canaccord, Wolfgang and
1: I were here for 10 years, saw the, the stock virtually do nothing. Business kept getting better. Earnings kept on increasing. Market didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden, market starts to agree with you and sees the momentum behind it so as long as you know over the long-term fundamentals tend to align with tacticals but it does sometimes take uh, the market time to appreciate
4: the true value of a business it's not as efficient absolutely. as everyone believes absolutely and uh you know we, we also have a one of our benefits is we've uh, we're very patient in terms of how we allocate capital and today we have a high cash balance about 30 percent or so of our assets uh, that's been a, a great benefit to lowering the volatility of our portfolio in this recent correction, and, and we've uh, outperformed uh, relative indices on that basis. And, and with that cash as a permanent capital vehicle, we can take advantage of that volatility by deploying capital into into opportunities during times of fear and during times of uncertainty, which clearly is a, an environment we're in today.
3: Right. My friends, if you're looking for an alternative to a, a mutual fund or an ETF, Uh, basically buying the house, buying the casino is what uh, this idea is all about. It's uh a Little company uh, with, I think, some big ideas. And uh, certainly, uh, if you look at the space it is participating in, again, from the Warren Buffett type mindset to a Brookfield asset management type mindset, uh, it, it's a business that basically is out buying other businesses, but not in a mutual fund form, hence, there's no fees. Uh, they do have a competitive advantage. They also have some disadvantage. When companies trade below book, value Uh, that means basically they could be sold and uh, the sum of the parts is greater than what they're currently trading at. Uh, Sounds like an opportunity Uh, but again I always seek professional advice when looking to purchase uh, individual holdings. And, again, if you have any questions, you always contact Jack or I. The show is Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday night right here on 640 Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, portfolio manager as well. as a two-for-one deal when people work with us, plus his financial planning and estate planning and insurance planning and ongoing money counsel because it's from, from, cradle, to, from cradle to death. Uh, we can certainly provide a lot of value in your financial well-being. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you very much, uh, Blair Driscoll, for uh, your insight. I wish you great success in your new venture. Uh, Papa is proud of you. Uh, indeed he is. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the ag market and how this conflict uh, between uh, Russia, or I should say this this unprovoked war uh, initiated by Russia, is affecting the agricultural market. Again, Russia is a big Wheat producer, it's a big commodity producer, and the world is shutting their doors on that country. It's going to affect markets internationally. Certainly here at home. Uh, Jason Sleeth, managing uh, director, managing director at Canaccord, uh, well versed in the uh, egg space. We're talking about nutrient talk, but other uh, commodities uh, that are being affected right here, right now. My friends, stay tuned. Six forty.
2: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: Welcome back to the show, my friend. You have, in English, du hast. band is called Ramstein. Ramstein. There's a... The largest uh, airbase, U.S. airbase, uh, in Europe is in a town called Kaiserslautern. Uh, they have a soccer team that won the World Cup a number of years ago. My mother's hometown, as a matter of fact, brings a tear to my eye. And uh, at the end of the Second World War, after that town was bombed and then bombed again, uh, the Americans to contain... Uh, The movement of the east uh, put in a massive, massive air base. And I remember when I was a little boy and I went to that town, uh, supersonic jets were flying. This is 1975. It was remarkable to see the plane and then hear the plane. And every single day those planes were flying. Uh, They just must be itching to do something with uh, this Russian situation. It must be a very, very busy base right here, right now. Uh, But I will say uh, the commodity market is upside down. Um, the breadbasket uh, is going to get a whole lot more expensive. Uh, is just remarkable, the amount of wheat that comes out of Russia to the global markets is significant. Oil, I think it's the world's second or third largest oil producer. Uh, the world is saying we don't want to do anything with you, Mr. Putin. Uh, General Electric uh, is no longer going to supply parts for their airplanes. Uh, Apple is no longer going to uh, service the market uh, Intel uh, shutting down. Uh, the list is long. The corporate response has been unbelievable. But it does affect uh, you and I uh, here at home. Uh, expect higher food prices. Expect more inflation. Expect more shortages. And, uh, well, uh, the Russians are certainly going to be feeling it. And, and God bless those brave people in Ukraine. Um the world is watching with intensity. And uh, again, I, I will say I, I, the market is telling me the situation is going to get resolved. Now, again, uh, the story can change on a dime, uh, but the way I see the market acting and reacting to the news, uh, it's looking like the, it's telling me this is going to be a short lived conflict. If, if you watch the media, get caught up in the story, as I have done. Uh, you may come to a different conclusion. But, again, I'm one person, and, and, and I, too, am just human. Cut me in, I bleed, and my emotions can, 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 can get the better of me. So you have to always go back to the market. And what is it saying to you? Richard Russell was a big believer in this, the, creative, the student of Dow Theory. Um, the market does speak because it's the collectiveness of us all internationally placing our bets. Russian stock market has been annihilated. Makes sense. Um, Canadian oil market firm. Makes sense. Canadian dollar firm. Makes sense. People want to do business with safe uh, jurisdictions. And that's what we have here in Canada. Uh, Ottawa uh, (laughs) dispute put aside. Thank God that came to a peaceful conclusion. Remarkably so. Um, Jason has joined us. He's one of our managing directors at uh, Canaccord, Jason Sleeth, uh, Capital Markets Origination. Uh, Jason has, has worked on Bay Street servicing institutional clients for over 20 years, the likes of Teachers uh, Pension, Canada Pension, uh, Fidelities of the World, CIs of the World. So, so, so he is pitching or has pitched ideas, investable ideas, to some very smart money managers Throughout his career, when they buy into his ideas, they execute the trade through his desk. That's how Bay Street worked and continues to work, perhaps to a slightly lesser degree today, with the computers getting involved. But it still is an idea business. Uh, And fortunately, uh, Jason, being a very smart man, uh, sent a very powerful Bloomberg print to me uh, a few days back, uh, speaking about showing more sellers than buyers in the uh, fertilizer markets. I find it was actually the ratio was about two to one, Uh, more sellers than buyers. Yet Nutrient, as an example, uh, is making all-time highs. This Russian conflict has much to do with that. Plus, it's a high-quality Canadian business. I like the stock. I like it a lot. But when I saw that uh, Bloomberg stat, I said, we have to get Jason on the show uh, and find out what – the market is telling him uh, and how he would deal with the current information at hand. Jason, I can't thank you enough uh, Sorry for the long-winded uh, intro, but I just want to help set the table here uh, for where we are uh, right here, right now, in the beginning of March 2022. So thank you very kindly for joining us. Please speak to the fertilizer market to begin with. Speak to the Russian conflict uh, perhaps how you see that playing out and and, and at least how it is affecting the Canadian market and how it's going to affect Canadian consumers and
5: Canadian investors. Sure. Sure. Uh, Thanks. Um, You know, I guess maybe just say a couple of things also to help set the table. Um, You know, really I've, I've grown really tired of this word unprecedented over the last couple of two, uh, two years or so but for lack of a better one I'll, I too will call it unprecedented times right we've gone through this pandemic you've seen monumental liquidity injections presidential changes geopolitical conflicts now and a rate reflation cycle all of this sort of uh, these confluences happening at the same time so making navigating the markets uh, rather difficult um, but when we you know what we look for. Certainly, in my world is uh, looking for outliers, anomalies, and uh, returns to mean, uh, both up and down. And so, you know, the fertilizer space just jumps out. Um, correctly, as you pointed out, um, we're seeing a massive move in commodities, the grains around the world. Um, you know, that is partially driven just by uh, growth in consumption still, but right now, more specifically on supply constraints and. Uh, in- and the conflicts of what's going on over there. So, you're seeing those prices run, and similarly with oil. And if you went back to 2008, looked at the correlation of fertilizer stocks to oil, it's almost in lockstep. The stocks peaked just a couple of weeks before oil did, and that pinch point, as you remember, was around $140. So, if you go to one news source, you'll see that fertilizer stocks are expected to go to the moon still. Yet, when you dig down uh, through a few more layers, you'd see, as you pointed out, some insider selling management has sold you know, some $10 million worth of stock in the past week or so. Uh, they're also citing some potential demand destruction as prices have spiked. The CEO has been on a conference tour this week. So, you know, from where I sit, I think there's been a fabulous profit made for those that have been lucky enough to be part of the trade, as we were. Um, but we're at a point now where, when you balance all of the the risks, and if you're right, Wolf, that you know we see this conflict start to stabilize in the market to get its feet again, as things normalize, this could be one sector that uh, you'll see some profit, further profit taking in.
3: Uh, Jason, we've got about a minute here, but I just want to say, and I'm going to go to break it back to you. I just want to say, number one, I'm long this position. Uh, we don't have an overweight position. We just have a nice position in a high quality global leader in uh, the space of fertilizers. The very simple business stock pays me a dividend uh, better than the 10 year bond yield. The dividend is 2.1%. The 10 year bond is 1.7. Company trades at 22 times earnings uh, uh, eight times four. They're always expected to have a, a bit of a windfall uh, in the next uh, few quarters. But uh, what I don't want to do, uh, and this is where it gets difficult because my, my trading instincts says, that maybe I should chip the trade off the table, but I, in Canada, I will say, Jason, and just when we think about it, I have to break it back to me on it, and uh, perhaps the stock will have to settle back down, you know, 10% lower. Uh, but you, I bought this stock before the Russian conflict; it never played into the equation. It's an outlying uh, pop in the name, uh, but it, the world has to eat. The world has consolidated egg position, and egg really hasn't done a whole lot in 10 years, uh, nor has oil which is ironic, but I will say again, I'm calling for 150 oil, Jason. Uh, And again, you know, 118, 122, uh, we're dealing with hand grenades. don't like the the war pun, but hand grenades as opposed to uh, uh, horseshoes here. Uh, So if we get close, we're we're, we're still going to uh, have a uh, successful trade. Uh, Dynamite, dynamite conversation. We're talking about the world of geopolitics affecting Food uh, and affecting some key commodities that we here in Canada uh, are big producers in. Nutrients, one of them. Jason Sleep, Managing Director, uh, Institutional Sales, a man who's looking for outlying opportunities to present uh, to his very um, uh, uh, sophisticated uh, investing clients. It's great to speak to uh, such an individual. Help us guide uh, the retail investor right there at home. Stay tuned. Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday.
2: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640
0: Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: I'm going to follow up that uh, ramp scene to the Russians with some Bob Marley. How can you kill anybody when you're to Bob Marley? How about those people, those brave souls who stood in front of that uh, convoy? No, unarmed, just stood in front of a convoy. Wow, wow, to be so brave. Maybe to be so desperate makes you a brave person, I don't know. Uh, that uh, tennis player, famous Ukrainian tennis player, is going back to fight uh, to defend this country. Wow. What a story indeed. And, uh, well, the story, my friends, uh, is affecting each and every one of us. Uh, it is indeed. Uh, the world has become flat and uh, companies, well, they, 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 they do business internationally. And to shut your door on a, on a big market like China, uh, excuse me, like Russia, is, 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 is no mean feat. Uh, and and it speaks volumes as to how many companies have done that Uh, but that will restrict supply and whatever, uh, both Ukraine is also a leader in in the commodity space as well we must speak uh, and and, and make reference to Uh, Jason Sleeth, one of our managing directors has joined us, spent some time, he's an institutional uh, uh, sales god I shall say, Uh, looks for outlying ideas to present to big institutional investors so again uh, he was speaking about the likes of Nutrien uh, you know when the stock had a six seven eight handle on it in other words the stock at the low was 66 bucks this year is now 113 and that's the outlying move and so his point is you know up here you know the easy money has been made uh, as the stock is trading you know at slight normal valuation maybe even slightly expensive mean you have to run from the position just be aware that you know the, the, the easy money has been made so i want to throw to jason maybe you can throw us a fat pitch Jack and I, because, again, we are in the idea-generating business. Jack and I, uh, on our, unto ourselves, do not have all the ideas available to us. And so, therefore, we rub shoulders with smart people like you, uh, who are certainly well smarter than I, and uh, can give us some good ideas to help our clients make money. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, Jason, you're looking for outlying ideas of, of quality. Uh, can, can you give us, uh, throw us a bone here, something that we can chew on?
5: Yeah, listen, there's. I think there's still tons of opportunity in the market. Um, You have to be selective, but maybe we could talk about a couple different sectors, but within financials, valuations are still not rich. Um, Yields are attractive. Balance sheets are strong. Uh, all this relative to historical and look the earnings parade from the Canadian banks has been very strong. The stocks aren't reacting. I think what you've got here is that the U.S. bulge bracket names are trading lower, but those are very different business models in the U.S. than the Canadian well-diversified banks. So they'll be pinned, what we call pinned for a while, and uh, not go up while the U.S. are trading down. But at some point, this will relax, and I think you'll see the continued uptrend in, in the Canadian banks. And financials in general, I think we'd, we want to have some overexposure to the life. Space for raising rates. Their business models are have more torque to a rising rate environment and can benefit from that. And if you know a house favorite is Manulife. Life, uh, one other that is. Probably yeah, may, known.
3: May, if, if, okay, can I, if you don't mind interrupting you? Yeah, of course. I was wondering if you to mention, and, and then I want you to continue with your ideas a string here. But Manual Life is a name that Jack and I uh, held as dead money uh, for about yeah. three years. Exited the position uh, just over a year ago. Uh, but it's, it's always been on my uh, out, out of the corner of my eye. Do we ever come back to that name? Because it is a good, high-quality brand. Uh, it got itself overextended uh, prior to the financial crisis. The financial crisis caused that firm to get too conservative. Sun Life was better positioned, weathered. The whole financial crisis storm came out of it stronger. Many Life has lagged. So th- 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 that is the type of idea you're looking for, I can see here. Uh, that, 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 that That diamond in the rough. Uh, type idea that, that you think is, is is of high enough quality
5: and at enough of a discount that you can get the outlying return. Correct, Jason? Exactly. No, you're exactly right. I think uh, life has been dead money for a long time um, but it, and they had to correct a number of their products that were in the market. They had less asset management torque than someone like Sun Life. Uh, but and we've also been in this kind of low rate, no rate environment for a long, long time. So again, they you know they they earn a lot on the carry spread between the rates in the market. So as that starts to move higher now, I think that could be a catalyst to get it moving again. And and you know when we talk to large institutions and investors. A lot of them say the same thing, right that I own Manulife forever, I finally sold it, got sick of it. But to me, as a you know looking for a contrarian opportunity, you know money flows, if some returns to a name like this, it doesn't take a lot from the institutional community to get uh, the stock moving up again. So that's one we well, like okay,
3: the 5.2 dividend yield that's a very, very high dividend a dollar thirty two a year, which is a 5.2 yield. and again, if I were to compare that to the Royal Bank, uh, uh, it has a dividend yield of. This closes out here of 3.4%. So uh, you are being tempted with a higher yield and a lower valuation. But again, I want to preface, I remember sitting in my office with Jack uh, a number of years ago, uh, and and one of our colleagues was actually quite pro-Russia, and so we we, we, we would kibitz with him back and forth. Um, He was a long-tail individual, I I shall say, uh, (laughs) Anyway, for for another conversation. But uh, we looked at uh, market valuations. And we looked at the U.S. market. We looked at the emerging markets. We then got even into the likes of Russia. And when the U.S. market was trading at 23, 24, 25 times earnings, Russia was trading below 10 times earnings. Uh, It was cheap, very, very cheap, and for a reason. We didn't know what the reason was. And we didn't know the reason was the invasion of Ukraine. We just knew there was that risk. The market knew there was that risk, that Russia would do something. And it did something in 2014, as we all know. So it priced it accordingly. And so to be attracted to that cheapness can be very toxic. But country versus an individual, a Putin, to predict his next move, good luck. The likes of a brand like Manulife, a lot easier to, to work your way through is it
5: investable or not. Correct, Jason? Exactly. No, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly right. There's, um, it's a real business, you know, they haven't gone so far flung around the world that uh, could get you in hot water from a geopolitical standpoint. It was more from a financial products uh, standpoint. We're going into, you know, uh, some of the prior periods, they were, as you say, over their skis, but um, a lot of that's been worked out. There's been management change. Um, It's a well globally recognized, well, well run business. Uh, That we think, you know, you can sleep at night owning, uh, may get frustrated for a few more months where it continues to be dead money, but uh, ultimately when this rate cycle does grab hold, people will start to, I think, change their minds. Other spaces that I would just highlight, you know, similarly, the the oil trade is something that we've been very, very bullish on for a long time. you know, last number of quarters, but it too has had a great run. I think we could see that $150 level that uh, you mentioned. Just our personal preference is to look for exposure in the uh, the processors and the pipes. So things like TRAP and Pemina and uh, Kiera, all of those have still attractive valuations relative to where you're seeing the uh, commodity prices now and their solid yield and liquidity. We like We like uranium. Uh, you're seeing the secular tailwinds there with high oil, high coal, high net gas costs. People, you know, pushing towards uh, more uranium generation. Um, you like Cameco, uh, Jason? Uh, yeah, we really like Cameco. The the one wild card, and uh, you know, I said this uh, earlier in the week that you can't handicap a terrible incident in Ukraine, rather. They're the second biggest operator of nukes in the world at 16. So God forbid something happens in the conflict that sparked a meltdown. And if you remember Fukushima, that could have some negative effect on the whole sector, not anything specific, but just dampen sentiment. So I just, you know, I advise clients to be mindful of that risk if there's a way to, you know, build in some insurance. And So we're we're looking for contrarian calls. And then the last one that I would maybe mention is... Uh, U.S. biotechs. You know, this is a sector that's down 50% from its peak in 2021. Uh, the XBI is the ETF that you probably want to look at in the U.S. as an index. Uh, but you've got some you've got some noise to work through in the near term. You know, even Biden, that uh, during his State of the Nation address, uh, took more shots at the pharma space and the pharma companies. So I expect that to continue uh, to and through the summer with the midterms, uh, just as kind of noise. But that. That's an opportunity, I think, for folks to be picking away as the XBI is down at sort of historical lows on a on a dramatic dip. So, for a patient investor that's one of looking to leg into something over the next six months or so, that'd be a space to look at. Yeah, I just have
3: the IDBs up here on my screen as well. It's another biotech uh, ETF. Uh, Jason, a lot of interesting ideas, and, and you know that that manual life idea. Jack and I are going to go go back to our post and do some more work on it. But is this showing the company earning more money? each And every year for the next five years. years—that That's the street consensus. And I think consensus will probably be proven correct. But a company that raises its earnings each and every year is a company you need to take a look at. Uh, and again, that's part and parcel to what your advisor's job is to, do, is to do, not yours, but you can certainly ask the questions of your advisor. Uh, and that's, of course, what Jack and I are here each and every day. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wolfgangklein.com. Uh, Jason Sleeve, that was a fantastic uh, dialogue. We're going to bring you back on air. I really appreciate your. Your boots on the ground because you are very close to the pulse. And the institutional market, well, that represents about half the market. So uh, very, very good market intelligence provided uh, this evening. I want to thank you for that. Jack Hartle, great job producing the show, as always, my partner. Uh, friends at home, stay safe. Uh, pray for those in the Ukraine. Have a good weekend. I'm Wolfgang Klein, 640 Toronto.